this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode three prime ministers in three months that's the political score for england just ahead of the t20 world cup the old and mature democracy distinctly looks a bit third worldish just after saying she wasn't a quitter liz truss had to quit as prime minister on thursday it wasn't really a surprise after she had to sack a finance minister and then lost a home minister as well the new finance minister had to turn her economic policies on their head so where does britain go from here should there be fresh elections so that the electorate can make the choice of a new prime minister or should the conservative parties mps and members get another shot at foisting a leader on the country and who might that be for answers i'm joined from london by andrew whitehead senior journalist and former editor of the bbc's world service welcome to the in focus podcast andy uh, hi amit i'm very pleased to be back on in focus so what do you make of it all andy well it's a real god almighty mess isn't it it's uh, it's quite something when a prime minister who won a mandate from her party if not from the british people collapses in flames after just 6 weeks by introducing the policies which she always said she was going to introduce but really uh, showing no political awareness that you can't can't simply introduce swinging tax cuts without making up the revenue gap so the the markets took fright then the party took fright and now she's out but it does seem to be a bit of a loop tape doesn't it we have been here before we've had these conversations before the names change but the crises keep on repeating so so what do you think is going to happen now i mean i see the editorial board of the influential financial times says that you know not conservative mps or the 170000 members of the conservative party they shouldn't get to decide but the british people must choose their future is that the sentiment that you pick up uh, it's a sentiment among people who are anti conservative uh, the opinion polls are now so uh, so markedly against the conservatives that if there was a general election now the conservatives would certainly be turfed out and might be absolutely hammered but there is no legal or constitutional necessity the way that the british political system works is when a prime minister resigns as opposed to a government resigning then it's simply a matter of the governing party picking a new leader by whatever means they want to and that new leader then becomes prime minister and that happened when tony blair the labor prime minister uh, resigned gordon brown took over without any general election it happened when margaret thatcher stood down john major took over without any general election and it's how theresa may and boris johnson and then liz truss became prime ministers because the, the prime minister before them uh, just chucked in the towel so there's a political and moral case for a general election but no constitutional case and the conservatives continue to have a majority in the house of commons quite a an ample majority and i can't see them going for an early election because they'd be you know painting themselves into a corner and writing themselves out of a job so it's a bit like pakistan right now then because uh, you know uh, the sharif government is clearly unpopular but they just want to cling on to part in the next general elections 
Well, uh, that's the first time I've heard a comparison between British politics and politics in Pakistan, and it just shows you how how things are over here, doesn't it? Uh, But yes, this government is unpopular. Liz Truss was exceptionally unpopular. I saw uh, an opinion poll just a short while ago, which put public popular support for the Conservative Party at 14.14%, with Labour getting four times that that number. I mean, so this is sort of breaking all records in terms of unpopularity. And of course, that's about the the, the mess and uh, Liz Truss's uh, budget and the impact on the pound and interest rates. But it's also because we have a really acute uh, cost of living crisis with inflation uh, above 10%, food price inflation at 14%, fuel prices spiraling up, uh, and that is not all down to her, but clearly when you've got such a grim economic situation, it's the governing party which takes the hit. So, yeah, the Conservatives are really, really unpopular, but I don't think uh, you can't be absolutely sure whether that is a a fixed pattern. I think it's very unlikely that the Conservatives will regain the political initiative so much that they will win the next election when it takes place in, uh, well, a little over two years' time is the last possible date. But we've had so many surprises and we have so much political uncertainty that you really don't know. So, so you know, uh, Andy, explain to our listeners, you know, Liz Truss, uh, you know, fought in, uh, you know, pretty decent election contest within her own party against Rishi Sunak and she became prime minister. So w- what was she trying to do? I mean, was she trying to sort of... Uh, you know, take radical measures which would like bring the British economy, you know, out of trouble. Is that is that all, uh, you know, is that the, the kind of dramatic policy shift that she envisaged, which is something obviously people were not really prepared for? Is that what she was trying to do? Because it's a bit puzzling. It, it is very puzzling. And I think... Um... I think people are still trying to get to grips with that. Basically, when Boris Johnson was forced out of office and his resignation announcement was just a little over 100 days ago, it wasn't that long ago, then Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss emerged as the two main candidates to replace him. Liz Truss was a little bit less well-known. She was clearly on the right of the party. The electorate was Conservative Party members, once it got down to the final two candidates, who tend to be quite crusty, hard right, older figures. And she decided that her best line of attack against Rishi Sunak was to say, you're orthodox, you're the tried and trusted which has let us down. I'm a new approach. I'm an ideologue. I'm going to go for rapid economic growth. I'm going to do that by cutting taxes. And that economic growth will in turn lead to a bigger economy, which will stabilize public revenues. And, you know, Conservative Party voters who are very prosperous thought, oh, she's going to cut our taxes. That's quite good. So they voted for her. So once she got in, what did she do? She cut taxes. And she said, it's what I said I'd do. And she's right. She did. But it was it was desperately naive. And she cut the taxes in a very peculiar way. So she didn't have a budget. She had what she called a mini budget. Now, this is a sort of this is a playing with words. But the important thing is, if she'd had what she formally badged a budget, she would have had to have a report from an organization called the Office of Budget Responsibility, which is independent of government, which basically says, does all this add up? 
what do we think the likely consequences are going to be for economic growth, for government revenues, for public spending, and all those things. By saying this wasn't really a budget, she sidestepped that. But that also spooked the market because they thought, wow, these figures don't add up. She's avoiding all the things that reassure us that the economy is in safe hands. We're not going to invest in Britain anymore. We don't want to keep our currency in pounds. And that led to the spiral which uh, evicted her from office. So she was an ideologue. Well, actually, Boris Johnson, her predecessor, was his, his right wing, but he's basically a populist and a pragmatist. And it's a long time since we've had what you could really call an ideologically right wing prime minister. And I suspect, given how she's done, it'll be a long time before we have another one. Yes. So so now what happens? I mean, uh, do you see, uh, you know, the same process uh, repeating itself after Boris Johnson, you know, where we saw? Or do you think that eventually there will be some kind of pressure and, uh, you know, the Conservative Party will actually uh, look at the political fortunes and then uh, make up its mind? Or what, what happens now? Well, so uh, what happens immediately is we have a conservative leadership contest, uh, but a very truncated one. And the rules were announced just late on Thursday. So uh, last time round, uh, candidates for the leadership needed to be nominated by 20 Conservative members of Parliament. Now the benchmark has gone much higher. They've got to be nominated by 100 members of Parliament, which means that there's, it's impossible for there to be more than three successful nominations. And we've got three front runners, or three people who have standard chance at least of, of uh, getting 100 MPs behind them. One is Rishi Sunak, the guy that Liz Truss uh, defeated who, of course, warned that their economic policies would lead to disaster. I mean, some people don't like him because of the way in which he knifed his boss, Boris Johnson, in the back, but he's certainly showing every sign of standing. Another is Penny Mordaunt, who is going to be a little bit of a compromise figure, but I think for many that would be a, a striking, you know, a, a, a woman who we don't know all that much about, who's not had any big economic roles. That does sort of, you know, that has an awful echo of the Prime Minister who is just departing. And then the big unknown is whether Boris Johnson will campaign to get his job back. Um, he will struggle to get 100 members of Parliament to uh, nominate him. That will be bizarre, won't it, Andy? It would be bizarre. I think most people here put it a little bit stronger than that. It would be horrendous. I mean, he was forced out of office because of persistent allegations about his personal and political integrity. You know, these were not small matters. But he does have a base of support within the party. So if he's one of the two candidates who gets to be put to the Conservative membership, which is going to have an online ballot closing on Friday of the, the week coming, then there's a chance that he will be the next Prime Minister. But if you want, if you want my, uh, my suggestion who to put money on, it's Rishi Sunak's to lose. It's Rishi Sunak's to lose. So I think there's a really good chance that by uh, in a week's time, or just a, a little bit over a week's time, we'll have a, a Desi prime minister in London. And uh, could that possibly be because he was uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer and he has dealt with the British economy and he's possibly you know quite middle of the centre and less of an ideologue when it comes to dealing with financial matters? Yeah, all those things. So I think people thought he was a good Chancellor. Um, he's got 
economic authority. Broadly, people liked what he did in the face of uh, the COVID pandemic, which is basically doing something that's not very conservative, which is throwing money at the problem, uh, supporting businesses, supporting individuals. So we didn't have a complete economic meltdown. Very, very expensive, hugely expensive, but broadly uh, successful. So our economy is in a mess, but it would have been in a much, much bigger mess. And he is seen as centrist. I think the Labour Party would be nervous if he emerges as a new Conservative Party leader because he, I think, stands the best chance of regaining electoral ground for the Conservative Party. Um, but there are hiccups on the way. So the Conservative Party will be a little bit reluctant to go for the person they rejected just two or three months ago. You know, it's not a great look. But then the same problem is there for Boris Johnson. And indeed, Penny Morden stood last time and failed. So um, all the people that they're looking at are rejects, unless in the next 48 hours something happens that we're not expecting, which, given the way things are in London at the moment, is entirely possible. So, Andy, uh, tell me, I mean, you know, I saw these uh, comments, uh, this brief clip on social media of Suella Braverman basically talking about, uh, you know, some guardian reading tofu-eating people. uh, So I I was a bit uh, uh, surprised uh, by that comment. And and how where do you sort of put it in um, you know if, if 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 I can ask you that in the context of current British politics? Well, it, it was an extraordinary statement, and there's been a lot of comment on it. But I mean, Suella Braverman, who's of Indian origin uh, by a Kenya and Mauritius, her two parents, is on the distinctly on the libertarian right of the Conservative Party, and there are culture wars in play. And some in the Conservative Party believe public institutions are being um, taken over by a woke, progressive, liberal left lobby, which they see as uh, not only reading The Guardian, but taking over the BBC. And these people are sort of typecast as tofu eating, sort of a little bit what they call snowflake, so a little bit fragile, very sensitive, always calling people out as transphobic or Islamophobic or whatever. Um, And and really, she was playing to the gallery because there's quite a large constituency among Conservative Party members who think, good on you, Suella, stick it to them. Uh, I'm afraid it's a reflection of how debased uh, the political debate is in Britain. It's, you know, Politically, it's a sad place. And I think the one big thing, the one big fallout from, you know, not just the few, last few days, but the last few months of political turmoil is that public respect for politicians is at an all-time low. And that's across the board. And that's a point I want to pick up on, Andy. I mean, we know there are, you know, terribly bright people studying, working, you know, coming out of British universities. Uh, you know, they are very globalized in what they do. So... What is it? I mean, is it that the right talent is not coming into politics in Britain, you know, whether it's the Conservatives or it's the Labour Party? So so why is it? I mean, there clearly seems to be a crisis of talent. I mean, if, if, if the Conservative Party had to turn to Liz Truss and might even be looking at Boris Johnson as a replacement, I mean, there's clearly a talent pool issue here. I think you're right. Uh, and I think it extends to many democracies. Um, I think it's true in the States. Uh, You know, you'll be a better judge of whether it's true in India. But uh, politics isn't a very attractive career. It's uncertain. It's seen as a little bit 
dirty. I mean, we don't have profound problems of, of corruption here, but nevertheless, you've got to have uh, sharp elbows to make your way uh, in politics. And people say, well, actually, I don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, if, even if I make it to an MP, how long am I going to stay there? Actually, the pay for an MP is not at all bad. But it's nothing like as much as people could make if they were successful entrepreneurs or things like that. So it's not terribly attractive. And if you look at, you know, at all sides in the House of Commons, there are clearly quite a lot of people of integrity. And there are some people of talent who really care about the country. But overall, I mean, maybe it's a sign of my age, but I mean, compared to the people who were leading on both sides of the Commons when I was reporting on uh, Parliament sort of 30 years ago, the, the sort of intellectual standard, I think, is a little lower. Yeah, it's just not very attractive. So, Andy, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you, you know, it's quite likely that, you know, one of the three people you mentioned might become prime minister. But what are the chances that the Conservative Party will realize that, uh, you know, this is not uh, for them to, another individual is not for them to foist on the people? and they decide to go for general elections. Is that a possibility at all? Well, it's always a possibility, but I think it's unlikely because uh, the opinion polls are so horrible for the Conservative Party, they would be almost wiped out. It would be a little bit uh, like, you know, like as Congress has performed in recent Indian general elections, there's even a suggestion that if there was a general election now, the Conservatives wouldn't actually be the main opposition party. They would have fewer MPs than the Scottish Nationalists. Now, these are opinion polls, and we're not in an election campaign. Um, but I think that means that for uh, any Conservative leader and Conservative uh, MPs, it, th th it's not very attractive as an option. However, if there was another big jolt... I mean, imagine that you know we're in a, in two or three months' time. We're talking yet again about a collapse of confidence in a new Conservative Prime Minister, or, for example, Boris Johnson stages a comeback and then, as is quite possible, uh, falls foul of an investigation still underway by the Parliamentary Privileges Committee, and is forced to stand again for Parliament as a punishment. Then you're in the sort of completely uncharted territory. So it's not impossible that we'll have an election in the next six months, but I think it's unlikely. Andrew Whitehead, thank you so much for talking to the Hindus In Focus podcast. Always my pleasure. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.